Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Brooklyn Nets are confusing. Or maybe they're just confused. Will Kevin Ollie be the man to lead them out of the fog? Also, the Chicago Bears are trading Justin Fields, right? And we give baseball's next commissioner a to-do list. It's long. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. The Brooklyn Nets came into the season with an interesting collection of pieces, but no real aspirations of competing in the Eastern Conference. So, of course, they did what everyone expected and traded off pieces at the trade deadline. No, they didn't do that for reasons that remain unclear. And for reasons that also remain unclear, they waited until the All-Star break to relieve Jacques Vaughn of duties after the game. Apparently, like, very, very strange timeline in Brooklyn right now. Adam Armbrecht is here from Locked on Nets to try and help us make sense of all of this. Adam, can you explain to me anything that the Nets have have decided to do, attempted to do this season? It all seems very bizarre to me. Yeah, Peter, they say shooting from the hip isn't always the best NBA policy, but I think Brooklyn's bold in that sense. And uh, most GMs don't survive their third or fourth and what could be a fifth coach potentially. But but that's the way the Nets like to do things. Um, When it comes to Jock Vaughn, we thought that him being fired in season seemed very unlikely because of what you mentioned there. There's not a ton of expectations for this team. A lot of turnovers after the superstars left last trade deadline. So why potentially put an in-house or outside candidate in a really difficult spot over the remainder of this season? And then once the deadline passes and the all-star game passes, you just think that they're going to kind of stand pat. So no, there's not necessarily a logic to this pattern short of saying that it seemed like Jacques Vaughn had kind of run out as a voice in the locker room and with these players and even guys that are, are fairly uh, company line, like Mikhail Bridges, had started to become more vocal in feeling like things needed to change. Something had to be different. And we know you don't fire players, you fire coaches. Okay, that, that makes sense, I guess, to a point. But if you, you liked the roster, you knew a couple weeks ago what was going on with, with the performance, 21 and 33 at this point here with you know 30 games left or just under. So what is going to be the explanation for why this happens when, okay, we, we like our guys, we know we're not performing well, but we're, we're not going to sell off. Like, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure out how you reconcile what they did at the deadline with this, or are you basically just telling me, don't try to ascribe logic where there is none? I wouldn't mind putting a little bit of that onto this. You know, don't, don't look for answers where maybe logic is not going to prevail, but what I would say, too, is last year, you think about the incoming players, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. You also obviously get Dorian Finney-Smith. Royce O'Neal was there prior, but then he gets moved at this deadline. Spencer Dinwiddie comes in. He gets moved to this deadline. But last season, and even in the offseason, Cameron Johnson w- was con- consistently saying, well, you know, you come in, it's different players, different schemes, different systems. We're all trying to learn new language, new verbiage. But once we get that together, we're really going to see things be- get cohesive and see that turning of the corner. Now, there's two things that end up happening. Whether or not you should rely on Ben Simmons to be healthy and a focal point of your team, that that maybe could be mistake one, but it seemed like Jacques Vaughn was heavily dependent on a healthy Ben Simmons. So when he goes out, I think you start to see the erosion of, well, what was the system? 
How have you worked and gotten better at this? And there was a lot of language used by Jock Vaughn in post games, going back to the offseason, the start of the season, saying, I think we're learning a lot of good lessons. The players are starting to understand things. We're going to get over that hump. 21 and 33. At a certain point, whatever you're trying to apply, one of two things is happening. It's not landing with the players correctly, or you are not correctly using these players to the best of their abilities. And I think now what the organization will sell is you're going to see under Kevin Ollie, now named the interim head coach, you're going to see the maximized value of a lot of players that know are not superstars, but are certainly an elevated player that we think are above role, but not quite elite. And it doesn't look like they were ever maximized under Vaughn this season. Yeah, tell me what you think Kevin Ollie brings that Jacques Vaughn maybe didn't. It seems to be, listen, he's regarded, and this is sometimes cliche terms, a very much player-type coach. He obviously came from UConn. He had success after being named by Calhoun as his successor, leads him to a championship. Now, he doesn't leave under great terms there necessarily, but does move on to the uh, G League with the Nets organization. He has familiarity from a developmental level, and that seems to be one of his tenants, bringing players along. So you have some young guys like a Jalen Wilson. He was old at the time of the draft. He's 23 now. You expect to see him get worked in here. But specifically, even on the offensive end, I would assume that he is going to run, come in and instill actions and systems on the offensive end that generate opportunities and situational basketball for Mikhail Bridges, for Cameron Johnson, and then even specifically when it comes to Ben Simmons, who is healthy and playing now, and to Nicholas Claxton. You have to find ways to develop value for them when they are not on the basketball. Because Ben Simmons can, can ignite that transition, excuse me, but when he, once he passes that ball off, if we're in half-court sets, where does he function? Nicholas Claxton is great going towards the rim, but if he's going to be holding the ball at the top of the key, how do you make sure you get guys open? I expect to see maybe some more horn actions, maybe some floppy sets as well. You try to do double screens, drag screens, create open space for these guys to work. Stay up to date all year on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Nets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Bears are trading Justin Fields this offseason. We're sure about that, right? Before we answer that, the T-Wolves are extending their point guard. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and their best price guaranteed, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime has plenty of last-minute tickets to your favorite team. They also make it easy to get in the gate with flash deals and zone deals. GameTime makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got views from all seats in the venue. GameTime has the lowest price, and that's guaranteed. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Right now, new GameTime users get $20 off your first purchase with code LOCKEDON. Terms apply. Just download the GameTime app and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Big 12 football conference may be fading, but... Is this a basketball conference now? Number two, Houston, and number six, Iowa State squared off Monday night and made their case. Good house. The Houston Cougars knocked down number six, Iowa State, to stay perfect at home and take over sole possession of first place in the Big 
12. Now, obviously, led by Jamal Shedd, he had 26.20 of those in the second half. A fun, fun outing for sure in Bertita. I mean, breaking it all down a second on Locked on Cougs to make sure it gives you the latest up-to-date things on everything Houston Cougars each and every day. So make sure you subscribe to talk on things Iowa State. Later this week, we got to get ready for Baylor because things do not get easier as Houston heads to the number 11 team in the country over there in Waco this weekend. So all kinds of fun stuff going on Locked on Cougs. And Mike Trout is very plugged into the Angels and what needs to happen this season in the wake of Shohei Otani's move across town. You know, there's, like I said, there's still there's still some guys out there that can make this team a lot better. But, uh, you know, just with the guys we got in here now, it's first day of spring, um, you know, but the additions, what Perry's brought to this bullpen. I, I've always said that playing good defense and, uh, you know, pitching and having a good bullpen and, um, you know, wins. You, you look at that uh, in, the, in the past. So I'm going to I'm going to keep pushing as, as long as I can to get to the season starts or to them guys sign. President's Day brought a matinee hockey game that no goalie would have wanted to watch. 17 goals scored, including seven by Minnesota in the third period alone as the Wild topped the Canucks. The Minnesota Wild storm from behind with seven goals in the third period en route to a franchise record 10 as they stun the Vancouver Canucks. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Trying to recap a 10-7 win for the Wild over Vancouver. One of the craziest games I have ever seen in my life. Let's fast forward to the third period. The Wild were trailing 5-3 in the third before Jewel Erickson Eck, Kirill Kaprizov, Jewel Erickson Eck again, all in the power play, by the way. Then Marco Rossi and Kirill Kaprizov all scored in the first five minutes of the third period to give the Wild an 8-5 lead. Vancouver would score two straight to make it eight to seven, but then Jonas Brodeen with the full court empty netter and Kirill Kaprizov seals it with a hat trick of his own in this one as the Wild win 10 to seven. Jewel Eriksson had a hat trick. Kirill Kaprizov had a hat trick. They both had six points. I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned that the Wild were able to come away with the win here today. The Timberwolves' stabilizing force is sticking in Minnesota, and not just because it's so cold this time of year, he's literally frozen in place. Point guard Mike Conley Jr. and the T-Wolves agreed on a two-year, $21 million contract extension his agents announced on Monday. The deal keeps Conley out of summer free agency and under contract through the 2025-2026 season. Conley shooting 44% on threes this season, the best of his career, and he's on the number one seed in the Western Conference. Here is another story you need to know. The Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick, and they have a massive question on their hands. Quarterbacks, that's what an NFL team has to get right. It's one of the only things a team has to consistently get right because a quarterback and a head coach can cover up for everything else. Do the Bears have one? Eh, depends on who you ask. Is there one in this draft? It seems like there's at least three, maybe four, Early on, Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins us now. And Lauren, since the last time we talked, number one overall pick, we got the reporting that Ryan Poles would listen but needs to be bowled over by an offer. So it seems like we've we've answered that question to a certain degree. So then let's get to the Justin Fields of it all before we dig into the, the, the top pick part. What do you think at this point, understanding, okay, the Bears are probably going to make this pick, is reasonable compensation for Justin Fields? 
the offer starts at a second round pick and then we'll see how much of a market there is and what kind of competition there could be for his services. I can really see this going both ways where either teams look at free agency and all the options in the draft and say, eh, you know, we don't got to make Justin Fields a priority. We don't have to give up a ton for him. Maybe you'll throw in a day three pick or a conditional future draft pick or something like that. Or I could see teams looking at it and saying, man, Justin Fields on the last year of his rookie contract plus a fifth year option is going to be a lot cheaper than a lot of these quarterbacks in free agency. And we feel like he's a little bit more of a sure thing or a known commodity compared to what a rookie might be in the draft. And we as a team don't know for sure that we're going to land that rookie in the draft. So Fields can be more of that, like we've got an answer at quarterback. So there could be enough of a competition. And really all it takes is two teams interested in his services. And ultimately, I think somebody will give up something, but it'll be a second round pick plus some change. What do you think the chances are that the Bears, as some have speculated, would just ride into the season with both? If they don't, if the if the trade offers are not to their liking, that they just say, you know what, we're just going to hold on to them and, and we'll see what happens. Personally, I would give it a try, but I really don't think the Bears are going to. Like in, in my book, give me as many shots as a good quarterback as possible. Let Fields and Caleb Williams compete it out. And if for some reason, Justin takes that next step. All right, we can deal with the Caleb Williams thing down the line. But, you know, why get rid of a quarterback if you're not getting the offers that you want for him? I certainly would consider giving it a try. And the Bears of ESPN, Adam Schefter has said the Bears have had conversations about it. But there's this idea that in 2024, you know, in the age of social media and in the modern NFL, that you just can't keep two high profile quarterbacks like that without it being such a distraction and such a takeaway from the team that, you know, how do you split up reps for those two guys? Are you sacrificing yeah. Caleb Williams development if you keep him behind fields and then is he going to be ready in time or if fields is losing reps are you not putting fields in the best position to succeed like I think a good organization could make it work and it'd be ideal to give Caleb some time on the bench I just don't think it's really that likely I mean they're there I think the the Jordan love of it all is is impacting this too right now you're seeing people say hey it's actually better for these guys to sit and a really interesting conversation at Super Bowl between Cam Newton and Jordan love and Jordan love was asked Hey, would you would would you have done it all over again? And he said yes. Cam Newton intimated he he wished that he might have had some more time to sit. That could have helped his development. I want to ask this though, Lauren, because you have presented this counterfactual as Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. Is it fait accompli? Are we done that it's going to be Caleb Williams? Because we're already seeing okay, Drake May. There maybe the NFL not quite as high on him, but it only takes one team. And then Jaden Daniels just put together one of the best statistical seasons that we've seen since Joe Burrow. He won the Heisman. Like, he was the best player in college football last year. So is it just over if, if the Bears pick? Is it going to be Caleb Williams? Everything is pointing that direction right now. And honestly, I, I think the Bears are about 90 to 95% there. They still want to go to the combine, get all the medical red checks on, or all the medical checks on Caleb Williams, do the interviews, really get super comfortable with him. But certainly on tape, he is the guy that they've targeted and they're really moving forward towards. But I, I mean, I do think it's a valid conversation, not just, Caleb versus Justin, but it's like, oh, Caleb or trade down a couple of spots, maybe still land Drake May or Jaden Daniels, still get that quarterback of the future and whatever haul you could get by trading down. Like, ultimately, I think staying there and taking Caleb is the best bet, but they're going to listen to those offers, like you said, has to blow them away. But you're weighing not just Caleb versus Justin, but Caleb and then a bunch of picks with a rookie quarterback, you know, versus Caleb. They got a different couple of different ways you could go there. Stay up to date all year on the Chicago Bears by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bears on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the next commissioner of baseball has a lot to do. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Of course, you can also build same-game parlays for even bigger payouts. They don't have to be live. Build them anytime. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. You can also check out future bets for Major League Baseball, the favorite to win the World Series. Hold on to your hats. You're not going to believe this. It's the Dodgers. FanDuel has them plus 320. The Braves right behind them, plus 450. Then the Astros, 7-1. to one. The Yankees, 8-1. to one. And the defending champion Rangers, the fifth best odds at 14-1. to one. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA and official sportsbook of Locked On. Rob Manfred announced he will retire as Major League Baseball commissioner after the 2029 season. What should be on the to-do list for the next commissioner? Locked On Major League Baseball host Sully has 11 things for the next commissioner to do. Obviously, the first and foremost, which I believe will happen under Manfred, but if it doesn't, we got to do something about it, is realignment. Then you'd expand by two teams. Albuquerque, I don't know. I'll listen to all things to go along with Nashville. With the realignment, you can do radical new changes to the schedule. All right? End the season on Labor Day. And you begin the wild card series the day after the regular season, and since all three games are in the same place, there's no travel days. You don't have a team sitting out a week. Those are some of the easy things I would do. I've mentioned my desire to have the waiver wires be able to block trades in a waiver wire deal to have that all year long. You can block trades all year long except for two 12-hour periods where waiver wire rules are lifted. And you'll have a 12-hour window of a complete feeding frenzy of trades. And obviously, there's a couple of things like I, I think that each team should get four pitchers per nine innings. And the other is no more ghost runner on second. After the 12th inning, it's a tie. The idea of blacking out a game is absolutely nonsense if based on attendance or if based on, well, we've signed a deal with a TV company. Most people aren't watching TV. Most young people don't watch TV. Get that through your head. They watch their devices. They do other things. They don't sit and watch the television. So don't black it out from where the eyeballs are. You create the ultra MLB TV package. It might cost a little more. Sure. We're not communists. Also, encourage TikTokers, YouTubers, whatever, to make lots of original content. Don't shut them down. Well, there's a copyright restriction. Go to hell. Don't shut them down. They're doing heavy lifting for you. Hire people from Marvel. But they turned a niche interest of some of these comic book characters into national phenomenons. Because they focused on the diehard fans of those and made it so exciting that they got so excited, those fans got so excited that everyone else wanted to join in on that communal experience. So the more baseball can find the interesting stories of the players and make them accessible and make people root for them, not just the uniforms, not just the stats, but wanting to see them win. The way we rooted for Jim Abbott when we there's a dude without a hand who's throwing a no-hitter. Not everything's going to be as extreme as Jim Abbott, but find those stories so people can relate to them. Changes are slow at the league level. 
and expecting a commissioner to come in and just wave his hand and change everything. Of course, that's not going to happen. But it is important that whoever is next understand that the game does need to change. It does need to evolve. That the digital landscape, the media landscape, has changed a lot about sports. And baseball is no exception. And if they don't keep up, it's not going to go great. And so coming in, okay, 11 things, what, an arbitrary number. I'm sure Sully has a list of 15 more. But whoever is next, whoever takes over baseball from Rob Manfred, has to be even more willing than he was to shake things up. More willing than Manfred was when he took over for Bud Selig, who not exactly known for being a party crasher. Baseball has to evolve. They have to change. And they have to be willing to think big when they do it. And finally, the Washington Nationals are now the second team in the past year to pull their for sale sign. Principal owner Mark Lerner told the Washington Post on Monday during spring training in West Palm Beach, Florida, that his family has determined they are not going to sell the team. Of course, that means at least for now. A national spokesperson confirmed the Post report, which seems a little superfluous because Mark Lerner was the one who said it. But the Nationals were on the market for almost two years. Remember, this just happened with the Angels, who went up for sale and then promptly said, eh, we're not selling. Why is this happening? Is no one trying to buy these teams? Meanwhile, billionaires are clamoring to buy NBA and NFL teams. This should make the league very nervous. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today is Shohei Otani going to bring a World Series to the Dodgers this year. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.